confidence means to me feeling at peace. There's like a pure energy coming out of you that is confidence. It's not kind of put on, it's not fake, it's just, it just is. Hello and welcome to Conversations in Confidence, a podcast by It Cosmetics UK. I'm your host, Rose Gallagher, the UK and Ireland brand ambassador, and each week I'm going to talk to some of our friends from the industry about their own confidence journey. Today, I'm talking to Emma down the line and from the comfort of each of our living rooms. Emma is a content creator and photographer who really captures the beauty of the female form in lots of her work. And she's a passionate skincare enthusiast with a following of like-minded women. Today, Emma and I are going to delve into her story from the beginning and learn a little bit more about her life along the way. We may explore some skincare in some detail, so please note that any views discussed are Emma's own and we We'd advise that you consult a professional before making any changes to your skincare routine. Emma, good evening and thank you so much for joining us. And I've purposefully left out your surname because I'm terrified of pronouncing it in the wrong way. So in your own words, can you tell us your name in full? <laughs> Hi, Rose. Thanks for having me on. Um, so my surname is Oaro. So it is French Creole, and yes, you do not say the H at the beginning. Well, there are so many things I was looking forward to talking to you about today, but actually, that's one of the things I'd love to touch on about your story, because you were raised in Paris, but then moved to England at a later point. So how would you describe those earlier years? Yeah, so my mum is English, but my dad is French. So I was born and grew up in Paris and I lived there till I was about seven years old. And I would describe them as really great. I have really fond memories of Paris. Um, my mum was an artist, so we would always kind of spend time in like museums looking, learning how to look at art, probably not as... Um, well-behaved as I'm making it sound, but trying to, <laughs> um, or we'd go to parks and my mum would like draw us or draw where we were. So I, um, there was always that kind of creative part of my life that started really young for me. And that in mind, I suppose relocating to the UK must have been quite a change culturally. Um, maybe not so much when you had both influences from the beginning, but were there main differences you noticed when you made the move? Yeah, for me, definitely. I mean, do you know what? It's actually, I was seven. So I think almost when you are, you're still, you're obviously aware at that age, but it's so not your choice, but like you just kind of have to go with whatever's happening. Um, and I didn't really notice really any huge differences like in my kind of at home life, because obviously it was just with me and my sister. Um, so that kind of stayed quite similar, but, um, I think definitely school was the biggest difference because in France, like from the get go, you have like so much homework to do. Like you have these big bags, which are called, um, cartab, which are like full of books. And you have like at least two hours homework from like, as soon as you go to school. Whereas in England, I was like, Oh my God, this is so relaxed. Like we have like one exercise to do at home. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> Being from a bigger family mm -hmm. with your sisters and your mom being so creative, um, did you all have a love for beauty? Do you know what? My mom was um, a model, which is why she first moved to Paris. So she kind of, I think she kind of had that in her work. And then very much when she didn't, um, when it was on kind of her own time, she, she was very much natural and was just like, I've always seen her just kind of like, use one oil and just like pin her hair up with one pin. And if putting makeup on is just putting on red lipstick, like she has amazing skin, like she just didn't need it. So 
I guess that kind of side of things maybe is why I'm a bit more like minimal and love just like beautiful skin. Um, kind of, I guess that's kind of like a classic, you know, in inverted commas, kind of French beauty, you know, like I'll just put on my red lipstick or whatever. (laughs) But, um, no, I think for me, it was really, um, I had like really quite bad breakouts when I was a teenager and I just, it just annoyed me so much that I just got really into it. Um, after kind of years of like not knowing what to do in my, my teen years, using all the wrong stuff and just never finding anything that helped it. I was like, this has to end. Like I'm, I need great skin for my life. I've decided. (laughs) And you'd never think it because look at your skin now. Yeah, 10 years later, roundabout. (laughs) Now, I know alongside the more creative pursuits that you're known for, you actually have quite a traditional background in beauty journalism. So how do you think this Mm. has impacted the way that you communicate with women today? So I I went into um, beauty journalism when I graduated um, many moons ago, which I'm really thankful for, actually, because I had always thought I would be writing about fashion um, and then a magazine was like, Oh, do you want to actually be our beauty editor? We don't have a beauty sanction. And I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Like, I guess I've just finished uni. You should probably take a job I'm offered. Um, and then like two weeks later, I was like, I'm obsessed. <laughs> like, um, but definitely I think having like that kind of structure and that kind of, I'm writing, not just about myself kind of, you know, how you would pitch an idea to your editor or like, does that make sense? And kind of thinking about it more than just like, Oh, I'm just going to round up my top three favorite whatever's more like, okay, is this interesting? What else can we give them? And I think having a bit more depth to articles, um, which you do require obviously in kind of more traditional publishing, um, certainly helped, um, shape how my blog ended up, but I'd started my blog way before that, of course, which was in 2009, which is crazy to think now, but, um, I'm glad I kind of had that time of like proper journalistic training as well. So alongside that very structured outlet, you always maintained your own blog. And how would you describe how you wrote on there versus how you would create something more for a magazine? I mean, it's changed a lot since 2009, thank God. But um, I mean, because in 2009, like blogs were just becoming a thing but like they weren't any kind of job it was just like people writing random stuff so I think for me it was I started it because I wanted to have somewhere to put all the like random images because I always used to save all these images that inspired me and that I loved that I found on the internet I just had all these folders on my computer and I was like well I should put these like in a place that's kind of orderly so I can kind of order them for myself and then maybe someone else would want to see them too so it was like kind of started as like inspirational photos and I kind of started you know taking my own photos and adding those in here and there and then when I was a beauty editor when I was working in magazines I would kind of write my own pieces um that I you know maybe something that um I wasn't going to put in the magazine but I was like oh that's an interesting topic I might write about that myself and put it on there and then I would travel a lot. So I put my travel photos on, which is definitely something that I still do. I share um, photo diaries from all my travels and trips that I do. Um, but I think now as well, it's much more, um, I was going to say personal, but actually it's always been quite personal. But I think I've, I had a few years where I stayed away from it being kind of diary like entries which is definitely what I started out doing it and I just try and provide lots of like really handy information for people about skin or about you know like I I moved into my own flat last year so I've just about like how 
the differences in what you should buy first or the decor and stuff like that. Um, for me, I find that that's like really helpful information. And I always try and think of content as like, what can I share and give to people rather than what can I get out of it? Well, speaking of sharing things with people, there's also your Sunday mm. school on Instagram, which I really wanted to talk to you about. Um, what gave you the idea for this concept? And can you tell us a bit about it for someone who maybe hasn't enrolled yet? Sure. Um, so I started Sunday school over two years ago now, which is crazy. I'd always been creating this kind of beauty content, but it was just kind of as and when I kind of fancied it. And I was like, I want to start a series that, you know, like people can rely on and tune into or read, or I wasn't really sure what it was going to be. Um, something that they can come back to and they can provide them information and it can, you know, be helpful to them. And I was like, well, what's something that I know about that I've worked in? And so for me, obviously that was skincare. And I think working in the beauty world, it's so easy to forget that, all the things, you know, anyone that works in beauty would be like, well, yeah, obviously like, you know, moisturizer doesn't moisturize your skin, duh. And then, but lots of people would be like, what? So I was like, I was like, I'm going to break this down in like the most simplest form for, for, so that anyone who has like absolutely no idea about skincare can watch it and still, um, kind of learn and not feel like they don't know enough to even kind of be in on the lingo basically. Um, so I try and make it in real layman's terms. And basically, so it's a series that I decided to do in the end on Instagram stories, which I do almost every Sunday. Um, and I kind of break down either an ingredient or like a type of product, like how I just said, like with moisturizer. Um, but it could be, you know, how to use moisturizer, what texture of moisturizer is right for you, what it actually does, when to use it, um, who should use it. And then it could, or it could be an ingredient like niacinamide, like what does that do? What is it? How does it work on the skin? And for people to really understand how products work and understand how their skin works in reaction to them, um, to give them kind of the knowledge to make much more knowledgeable purchases, I guess. Um, sometimes when I'm researching my Sunday schools and I'm like, oh, I know everything about this. And then I read something, I'm like, oh my God, I totally forgot it did that. Like, I like it because it like, reminds me of stuff. So like, even if you're really well versed in it, there is so much out there. It's so easy to not, you know, know like every single fact about every single ingredient and product and stuff. Um, so I just love also having it to kind of like, cause it gives me a reason to do the research. And then also people, I always encourage, like, if there's anything I haven't covered, like, please send me a question. And I love that. Cause then people will be like, Hey, but what about this? And I'm like, Oh my God, I would have never even thought to know the answer to that. So I love that having that kind of community and back and forth with all the people that watch Sunday school, all my followers, we can all kind of egg each other on to learn even more, I guess. That is very true. Like I'll never forget having a message off a lady that said to me, um, can you recommend me a great moisturizer that's in a stick form? And I was like, okay, I'll have a look into that for you. But out of interest, is there any reason why it has to be in a stick? And she said, yeah, I'm in a wheelchair. So yeah. if I apply something with my hands, then my hands are too slippy to power the chair. So it's much handier for me to use things in a stick form. And I just never would have oh considered goodness. that before speaking to her. Yeah, exactly. Like there's so many different. And also the idea, of course, always with skincare is... Um, people often like, Oh, Emma, like what products do you not like? And we shouldn't use. And I'm like, you know, I happily say there are certain ingredients I don't think are great for skin, but also everyone is so different and has different life and lifestyle and what they need and what their skin needs and eats different stuff. And all these things is the reason that we all have such different skin and the reason that we can't all just use the same products. Otherwise skincare would be super easy. It would just be like, 
use this serum and this cream for everyone and you'll all have great skin. <laughs> Otherwise, it would be too easy. <laughs> I can see why you're someone that everyone wants to ask questions to and get involved in a discussion with because, you know, Instagram, for example, is a platform that can be rife with editing and makeup trickery and all the rest of it. And you really pride yourself on using unedited pictures and the whole aesthetic is skin focused rather than necessarily makeup heavy. Um, do you think that has an impact on why you're the go-to person for a bit of an honest chat? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I'm also really open with like my skin struggles and not like over the top. I'm not like, Oh my God, I have a breakout. Like I'm okay with that or whatever, which I would be of course. But I think it's because I don't like shove it in people's faces. I'm just, that's the normal to me. I'm not trying to make a point by not wearing a, not wearing a filter. I was going to say not using a filter, same thing, not using a filter. I just want it to me. That's more beautiful almost because it's much real. And I find that way more like enticing and, and nice on the eye and interesting to look at than everyone that's got the same filter on and is trying to sell you an eye cream with a filter on that I just can't wrap my head around basically. You really get that from the content you put out there that you're very comfortable in your own skin and that you think everyone's beautiful in their own way and all of the rest of it. And one of the conversations that I think comes up a lot for you, and I remember us laughing about this, it was when we were in Paris and I remember it was one of the kind of times that we first started getting to know one another. And um, we were discussing how I said that people tell me I'm brave for showing my skin without my makeup on. And I'm thinking, is it that drastic and frightening that I'm to be considered brave? And we had a big laugh about it. And you said that you often get categorized as this body positivity figure in some way, but that isn't necessarily your intention. And I suppose just, it's quite funny how people put these labels on us. Yeah. Imagine if I just liked my body, Rose. What a crazy idea. <laughs> oh yeah. It can't be that. I mean, surely we're both attached to a cult or something. Surely I must be part of a movement to share images like this. <laughs> yeah. It's a funny one, isn't it? Because as well, like as, I, as I'm sure you would say too, I, I know people that say it aren't, they're not meaning it as an insult, of course. Oh, definitely. I agree. I mean, no one is intending to say anything bad. They genuinely think they're saying something really nice to you. They do, but it just makes me giggle. I'm like, why, why? And I'm also like, I just think I look nice in this photo. I wouldn't have posted it otherwise. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, if I don't like a photo of myself, it's going nowhere. <laughs> but it's like this idea that somehow, for me, I think if I was a size six, would you, would you say that? Or would you just be like, oh, you look really good in that photo? And for me, because I'm such an average size, like I'm a size 10, like I couldn't be more average. I'm five, seven and size 10, like <laughs> just like the most in the middle sizes of all. And I'm just like, how is that someone who is like an average size? How is that like brave or, you know, out there? It's not controversial, is it? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's just so like, that's like most people are, you know, probably either side of those, sure. But like the most average one, it's not even like I'm trying to make a point either side. It's just, I like my body and I enjoy my curves and I like taking photos of them when I'm naked sometimes. 
<laughs> and to that point, you quite often share photos of your own body within your work. So what advice would you give to someone who just isn't feeling the most confident mm. in their skin at the moment? I would say... Um... It's, you know, it's just just a case of being kind and gentle to yourself. I think just, um, cause you know, the thing is as well, I just like to point out here, like, I'm not like, Oh my God, I look amazing all the time. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I'm feeling myself today. I feel super sexy. I feel great. And I love those moments, but also of course I'm an, a human. I obviously have lower moments, but I try and not just be really harsh to myself. I just think it's fine. It'll pass. I'm just, not in, you know, obviously something else is maybe going on mentally and I'm like picking out bad points. Um, and I, what I try and do in those moments is I'm, if I'm going to look in the mirror, I'm not going to look at the, you know, in inverted commas, you know, flaws or bad areas or whatever you might call them. I always try and look at the bits that I, that I like, and that can be anything from like your ankles to the dip in your back to your shoulder or your wrist or something like that. When you're like, I really love that. And how amazing is this cool body that like lets me, if I'm lucky enough to be able to walk around every day, like that's amazing, you know, that keeps my organs going, that keeps me alive, that allows me to think and love others. And like, it's just so much more than just like a thing and a shape and a size, which is just really boring. And also always the most sexy and attractive things about anyone is their little flaw. Definitely. I mean, the flaws are always the most interesting part. And I think it's really easy to say that when you're looking at somebody else and admiring them. But when you're looking at your own self, it can be really difficult to get into a positive headspace when it comes to those things that are bothering you. And I really admire everything you've said about these moments of self-appreciation you can have, but they just feel so alien to me. Like I just couldn't imagine being in that headspace, to be honest with you. So if you were speaking to someone like me who really finds that quite an overwhelming prospect and isn't feeling in the best place, what are your top tips for reaching that point of acceptance with yourself? I think just stand in front of your mirror naked if you can or in your underwear or whatever you feel comfortable in and just look at yourself. And it sounds so cheesy and I'm so sorry, but it really works when you do it. Like give yourself a hug and just say, I love you. Like give your body a hug. Like I'm doing it right now as if it was someone else, like your friend, you know, you'd give them like a real squeeze and say, I love you. Thank you. You know, it's fine. Like that, like that for me is really, cause I think so much of body image is so like in our minds and like, you know, that's an easy way for our, our egos to kind of make ourselves feel bad really easily, which can kind of be a kind of catch 22 in our minds. Um, so I think, yeah, just tell yourself that you love yourself and you love your body and be like, Oh, your skin is nice and soft today. That's nice. Or like, you know, give it a stroke, give it a touch. I think it's so easy to feel detached from our bodies as if, you know, cause they're not our faces and our heads because we don't like interact with them necessarily loads. Like just like stroke your leg or something like that. Like really be like, hello body, like have an interaction with it rather than just kind of looking at it in the mirror and hating on it most of the time. I think anyone that knows the cosmetics brand is going to really resonate with a lot of what you've just said mm -hmm. because another phrase in the mission statement is basically we have on every mirror of our counters if anyone goes to visit those or whenever we do events anything like that we have this slogan and this mantra that it's time to look in the mirror and see what's right and it's everywhere. 
Is there really? Oh my God, I love that. (laughs) Yeah, and I think it's an important thing to do, but I feel like... It's a journey that takes a bit longer for some people and depending on where you are in your journey of accepting yourself, even that initial step of having a good look in the mirror can be a bit daunting. So it's definitely something I think that each of us can take and try an action and hope to build it up into something that feels a little bit easier to do. Just have patience with it as well. Like not everyone's going to feel great the whole time. Just the same way if you know, you were feeling down mentally, you might just be like, do you know what? This just isn't, I'm just going to take it slow today. Like how you would treat that kind of situation is the same that you should treat your physical being as well. As a brand, we really pride ourselves on showing real women and real results, which I think is so important so that people have a tangible and achievable set of aspirations if they are looking to you know magazines or Instagram or pictures on a counter for that inspiration um but how do you feel about the current social media landscape where people are agonizing over taking the perfect photo than maybe living in the moment or just sharing a spontaneous moment that's happened I think just see I mean first of all Every photo you see on social media, I can tell you this, even me, I'm happy to admit, I take hundreds of photos and I choose the nicest one. And I, I've shot, I've shot my friends, you know, I've I've shot so many people like when we're on trips or whatever, we take so many, like, even if it isn't filtered or whatever, like this is a a very kind of, um, considered photo. Yeah, exactly. And, And it's also our jobs. So we've gotten really good at it through, the fact that it's ended up being our career kind of thing. Um, and then in terms of like, you know, feeling the pressure to like, you know, take the perfect photo or like, Oh, I can't post this. I'm going to have to use Facetune or a filter or whatever. You don't have to trust me. And everyone else will like it more. I remember the first time I posted a like body photo of me and I was so terrified and I thought, Oh my God, everyone's going to think that I'm just trying to like, you know, that I'm just decided to show my body off or like that they're not going to like it. And I can see my stretch marks and like, Oh my God. And then I had such a nice reaction and it was so lovely. Um, when I first shared my self portraits and it was nicer than any other photo I'd posted because it was like, Oh, I was actually really scared to do that. (laughs) And I did it and it had a like really lovely reaction. And it was like, that's so much nicer. Like I feel so much more fulfilled and loved almost, you know, from my, obviously my personal friends kind of that had texted me about it too. Um, and even my mum wrote me a little letter and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, like I didn't expect that. It was just some photos, you know, like, but that, the reason that is, is because people resonated with it more and saw something way more real in it, which is, you know, I, for me, when I shoot photos, when I post photos, I'm not interested in the number of likes I'm interested in. Hopefully I can make someone feel nice or I can make someone feel something that's way more important than a little heart on a photo. (laughs) And I think that's a really good point as well, Emma, that it's very important to do things because they're important to you and not because they're important to somebody else. You know, both of us, put things out there an awful lot and even though there is a cookie cutter formula that you know is gonna 
generate lots of comments or interactions or all of the rest of it, if it's very easy to fall down a path of just creating what other people want to see, but is that true to you? And is that ticking the box of what you want to create versus what another person wants to see? And I just think doing things because you want to do them as opposed to pleasing somebody else is another really great life lesson in this whole journey of self-love and self-appreciation. Definitely. And it's all, I think I, I do, I have that. I mean, like, I know, like you say, we know what photos are going to get or what posts are going to get the rea- the biggest reaction in terms of like likes and or whatever, all that kind of stuff. But for me, like my feed is like my own little kind of creation I like like making it really beautiful to look at even just as a feed um and so I'll put photos that I know like no one you know it's a you know either a real close-up or like something like that that isn't that visually not visually stirring it is nice if you look at it but I know that it's not the biggest reaction kind of post but I still post it because I'm like but I like it as well so like it's my feed. I'm going to post what I like, not what you guys like, you know, at the same time. Yeah. And you have to have faith in your own convictions and trust that the right people will agree with you and align with you and just be okay if it isn't to somebody else's taste, I suppose. But again, that's a journey that takes time and nurturing to reach. Um, But one of the things we ask everyone, Emma, that I'd love to know your thoughts on is, and I know this is a very broad question, but what does confidence mean to you? Confidence means to me feeling at peace, just feeling like relaxed is confidence. Like there's not, there's not a worry. It's just like, there's like a pure energy coming out of you that is confidence. It's not kind of put on, it's not fake. It's just, it just is. It's funny, even though we ask so many people the same question, the answers are always completely different. And that was a lovely one, Emma. But thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so lovely to talk to you. Um, Tell us where we can find you and what we can expect when we do. So my blog is lolitasaysso.com. And that is where I post lots of my imagery um, and have some kind of really easy to follow skincare um, guides and tips too um, and then my instagram is at emma Oaro, which is h-o-a-r-e-a-u um, and that again i mean it's kind of a reflection of the blog too it's just my imagery and you can find all my skincare tips and past sunday schools are all saved to my highlights so if you want to go and have a little um, listen and watch there they are there forever brilliant thank you so much emma it's been so lovely to talk to you thank you for having me on i am gonna follow some of your tips and send you a voice note to let you know how i get on (laughs) i can't wait to receive that rose listening and if you liked this episode please subscribe and leave a review you can find us on social media at it cosmetics on facebook it cosmetics uki on instagram and discover more interviews like this at itcosmetics.co.uk. thank you for joining us we'll talk to you soon